Welcome to another episode of the Data Centric Podcast with more insights and strategy. Senior Technology Analyst Steve McDowell, that's me, and Matt Kimball, that's Matt's not with us this week. Matt's down in South America uh, doing whatever Matt does when he's in South America. But we don't need him uh, because joining us this week is Eric Herzog from IBM. Uh, if you work in enterprise storage at all, you know Eric, you follow him on Twitter. He's IBM Storage's Chief Marketing Officer and VP of Worldwide Storage Channels. And he's been unusually visible uh, for the past couple of weeks as IBM has rolled out a slew of new announcements all under the theme of storage made simple. Um, but rather than steal Eric's thunder and tell you about it before I talk to him, let's just jump right into the conversation uh, and hear it directly. Let's go. So you had a big set of announcements last weekend. And when you do announcements, you know, I say this every time I cover it, uh, you don't do anything small, right? Your briefing decks are 45 pages long. And I'm just looking right now at the list of what you announced. And there's, a, there's about a dozen things on there. Uh, but as I watched the webcast and read through your uh, uh, materials, right, I think the overriding theme is storage made simple. And a and, uh, cornerstone of that seems to be an alignment of your portfolio around uh, Flash system. Right. What are you doing there? Tell me what's going on. So what we've done is in the non-mainframe storage space, from entry to mid-range to enterprise and actually out to hybrid multi-cloud, we've solidified the entire portfolio around Flash system, bolstered underneath, of course, by the award-winning Spectrum Virtualized Software right. and Storage Insights. Okay. And, and you brought uh, new capabilities at the 7200 and the 9200? Uh, well, we brought new capabilities at the 7200, the 9200, across the portfolio because we brought, for example, new features such as three-site replication and Ansible support mm -hmm. um, in Spectrum Virtualized. But from a system-level perspective, there were new system changes in the 7200, the 9200, and we also brought out a rack version of the 9200, and we also... Uh, change the sand volume controller. So there used to be only one uh, offering. Now there's two offerings. Okay. And even the new, what I'll call the entry sand volume controller is not only 25% less expensive than the old version, but actually happens to be um, slightly faster. In fact, it's 700,000 IOPS faster than the older model. Oh, that's crazy. Hey, I don't want to lose, lose, uh, lose sight of what's going on with Flash System. If you look at uh, what your competitors are doing are across the storage industry. Um, you know, Dell has, at least until they, they converge on their new midrange.next, they have five product families, right? HPE has four. Uh, Hitachi has a handful. Uh, so what, what excited me about your announcement is now you're giving IT one common set of capabilities, right? And one common set of, of operating software from almost entry level, as you said, right up to the, we draw the line on the mainframe. Uh, that really helps IT. Well, you know, again, one of the things that's happened with multiple platforms off the mainframe has been innovation. All of us have innovated. We've added a bunch of features. Other people have added features as well. We've, of course, dramatically changed performance over the last couple of years. But what it also has done is add complexity and cost. Three different ways or four different ways to replicate or snap. Yes, they're all similar, but they're not the same. Different GUIs, similar, but still not the same. So when you add all of that up, um, you know, by going to this solution, not only do we still add features, for example, now we're up to 18 million IOPS mm -hmm. um, in the 9200 in a four-node cluster, 
And even in our upper entry product, the Flash System 5100, we're at 70 microseconds of latency. Um, so it's all great. But at the same time, we've cut the cost and complexity dramatically by going to a single platform for all non-mainframe block configurations. So it makes it much easier on the end user. And obviously, we do a fair amount of business through the channel. It makes it easier for the channel partners as well. Sure. And it's still all tied together by your Spectrum software suite. And, uh, and, you, and you had talked about new capabilities around Spectrum Virtualize. What's, what's new there? So we did a couple things. We added three-site replication. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, that's a high-end solution. We've added that now to Spectrum Virtualize. So even our entry flash system 5010 can do three-site replication. Okay. Uh, we also added support for Ansible. So the Red Hat Management Framework, we've made sure that anyone who uses Spectrum Virtualize, and don't forget, Spectrum Virtualize, while it supports IBM products, also supports close, uh, actually over, 500 arrays from all, all kinds of vendors, most of which are not us. So with the Ansible support and the other things we can do going out, um, we made changes in Spectrum Virtualized for public cloud, uh, made it more robust when it's in an AWS environment. Uh, for example, adding dedupe and compression to cut costs. Mm -hmm. So a whole bunch of different things. So... I, I really like what you said about supporting the non-IBM hardware, and I, I don't think a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of awareness around that, or maybe necessarily not enough awareness around that. And it's not just in, in, the, in the Spectrum software uh, or Virtualize that you talked about, but also Storage Insights, right, is picking up support for more non-IBM storage. Yeah, so in Storage Insights, we've added support for some EMC platforms, some NetApp platforms, and some um, Hitachi platforms as well. Um, we've already had some. So, for example, we've had the VNX and the VMAX on EMC. We now added, for example, the Unity. So, we've had some of this already. But again, remember, when you look at it from the guys who do the numbers, IBM Storage is not only the number two storage company in the world overall, but on just pure software, we're number two, which means that our software, whether it be Spectrum Protect, Spectrum Virtualize, and now Storage Insights, needs to be heterogeneous because we sell it as standalone software, not just on our storage systems. Yeah, and, and that's something we tend to lose sight of because the, the guys who count market share, right, they like to look at either hardware or software. But when you look at it combined, IBM really is a leader, right, in, across, the, across the board managing uh, an enterprise storage, right, whether that's hardware or tied together with, with all the Spectrum software that you deliver. Right, um, absolutely. So you talked about Ansible. Um, you're doing a lot with Red Hat. Back in November, you, you announced support for Kubernetes and, and then uh, uh, OpenShift uh, as they released over the past month, right? So you, uh, um, you're, you're working hard to, to integrate with what Red Hat's doing around Ansible and, and OpenShift and Kubernetes. Well, we're making sure that we can support all kinds of different technologies. Mm -hmm. um, we, for example, have very, very tight integration with VMware and Hyper-V, so virtualization. Um, obviously, containers, we think, is the next wave. Um, there's still people, by the way, and it's hard to believe, still using bare metal. So we see a world where you need support for bare metal applications, support for virtualized applications, and also support um, for applications that are sitting in um, containers as well. So we make sure we can support all of that and supporting the Red Hat infrastructure. By the way, I should point out that IBM Storage was working with Red Hat well before IBM thought about buying the <laughs> company. Yeah. Uh, we were going to Red Hat summits over 10 years ago, uh, and obviously we just bought them, um, as you know, six months ago. So we were working with them way earlier than that. 
Yeah, and right, and the and the storage team seemed to be the first out of the gate. So I think that that reflects that long relationship. So I want to jump back to one one thing you were talking about, and and that was. Uh, you know, you were talking about the stellar performance you're delivering at the high end. And one of the things that you announced last week was uh, storage class memory. And unlike some of your competitors who are using storage class memory uh, as, as caching technology, you're exposing these drives as block storage, right? Who's, that is uh, true. Who's, who's or, or what sorts of workloads, who, where are you seeing the demand for storage class memory showing up, right? And, and uh, Sure. Well, one of the reasons we don't use it as a cache is because our flash core modules are so fast. When you take a look at published numbers from other players in the industry, we're already at 70 mics of latency and up to 18 million IOPS in a four node cluster. And no one's close to those performance numbers. So one of the things um, with storage class memory though, is you can get better performance with storage class memory in certain database sizes. We support both Intel Optane and the the Z SSDs Mm -hmm. from Samsung. So you could put, for example, a two terabyte, three terabyte database into a RAID 5 configuration using either of those vendors. And obviously when you need better read-write performance um, than what you get from a flash core module, you can do that with storage class memory. So you see storage class memory is an up and comer. Um, We may look at it as a cache later, but right now, obviously given the performance we already have, we don't see that as necessary. Um, So we see it again as a storage tier. And with our AI-based easy tier technology, which comes free inside of Spectrum Virtualized, we automatically move data back and forth when that data is hot to the fastest tier. So you could have storage class memory and flash core modules in the same array. Mm-hmm. You could have flash core modules and industry standard SSDs, which right. are slower than flash core modules. And it will move the data back and forth when it's hot to the fastest tier, when it's cold to the slower tier. So that's all automated. You basically point, click, and then that's it. It'll do all the work on its own because it's AI based and knows when the applications are really hammering on the application, right? When it really needs the performance. Yeah, I really like the easy tier. Um, so just to clarify, so the, the server class memory, that's not packaged as part of one of your, your flash core modules, right? Those are SSDs. No, no, we use industry standard um, right. storage class memory. Both Intel and Samsung have product. They're NVMe, they stick into our standard carriers just like the flash core modules do and go into our NVMe midplane inside of our flash system product. Okay. So a couple of times a year you do this, you do these big giant announcements. Um, Where's your focus over the next 12 months? Where are you going to take us from here? Well, again, our big focus right now is to solidify this storage made simple. We started doing that last year. We followed that on in October of last year with our storage made simple for AI and big data workloads. And now we've done storage made simple for hybrid multi-cloud. So we'll be continuing that mantra again, as Einstein said, simple, but not simpler. So our idea is easy to deploy, easy to use, easy to configure, easy to tier, easy to this, easy to that, but adding more and more enterprise class feature sets like we've done in the performance this side on the 7200, the 9200, a brand new 9200R and the SVC, all with substantial system level changes, but also extensive changes with Spectrum Virtualized and what we've done with Spectrum Virtualized with cloud, what we did with the Ansel support, what we've done with three site replication, which is a very high end feature now brought all the way down to the entry, entry space. So we're going to continue to make things simpler to use, mm-hmm. simple, but we are not going to take out feature function. We're going to continue to add feature function across the portfolio as we move forward in 2020. It's a great story. And, and really, it's the software that ties it all together. And that's increasingly true, I think, as we look at, at hybrid multi-cloud, right? It's less about 
I mean, you want the performant hardware in your data center, but your data now spans data centers and, and, and public and private cloud. So I really, uh, I really like that IBM is stepping up and embracing the public cloud vendors, even though you have your own significant cloud business, right? Uh, you're really all about managing data wherever that may lie, right? And I think that comes through in what you're announcing and how you talk about it. Well, and that's what we did on-prem. Spectrum Virtualize works with, again, over 500 arrays that are not our Spectrum Protect will back up anybody's storage, not just IBM's. So from a cloud perspective, we need to support IBM Cloud, obviously, we're IBM shareholders, but at the same time, we need to support other clouds as well. So we've already, of course, have been selling uh, Spectrum Virtualized for Cloud with AWS support, and we publicly already said we'd be supporting other public cloud providers in the future, so look to that at the end of 2020 for additional public cloud providers, in addition to IBM Cloud, which is today, and AWS, which is today, we'll be expanding that in 2020 as well. Awesome. Hey, Eric, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us this week. Uh, I know you're a busy man. You're on the road. You said you're in Nashville this week. Uh, uh. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you very much. We always appreciate working with uh, you and more insights. Uh, you guys give us real value and give, most importantly, real value to the end users with your analysis of the storage industry and of other elements of the IT infrastructure space. So that's got value to the end users. And, you know, of course, that helps us, the whole industry as well. So we really oh, appreciate what you guys do for us. You're, you're too kind. So, okay, so I'll let you go on with your busy day. Um, and I'll see you, uh, I guess a lot of us will see you in, in about a month at IBM Think. I think it's the first week of May in San Francisco. It's back at my Yes, Australia, it is. Right? Yep. Okay, that's so a huge we'll event. See you that's then. So I'd like to thank Eric again for taking the time to join us uh, this week on the podcast. Uh, he travels nonstop, and it's hard to get a slice of his schedule, so this, this was a nice treat. Um, Matt, who's also hard to schedule in these days, should be back in a few days, and, and we'll be back together next week for the next episode of Data Centric Podcast. Uh, we're working on some great guests coming up, so stay tuned and keep following us. Um, but for now, that's it. Thank you.